0: We are working towards building people's control of the government, building community control of the economy, expanding the public sphere, and creating structural racial equity. Today, my guest is Sean Sonecker Nicholson of Clean Missouri, Uh, and today we're going to talk about Amendment 3, which is appearing on the November 3rd ballot in Missouri and looks to overturn Clean Missouri, which was passed by voters in 2018. So, Sean, welcome. Thank you for joining us.
1: Yeah, thank you, Kevin. It's good to be with MCU again.
0: Okay, great. So just as a, a, a note for our listeners, this is being recorded on July 1st of 2020. If you're listening to this in August, September of October, just know that that's the context that we're talking about this in. I'm sure we'll replay this a couple of times and probably even have Sean back later in the campaign season, um, if, if time allows. So uh, it's great that you're here with us. Let's start with just a refresher about Clean Missouri. What was it and what did it include?
1: Yeah, so the Clean Missouri Citizens Petition uh, was on the November 2018 ballot and it was put there after a two-year campaign of signature gathering. MCU leaders were a big part of that effort to to put that on the ballot. We turned in almost 340,000 signatures to the Secretary of State in May of 2018 and it was a multi-part legislative reform measure that all of the parts of that were about making our state government more responsive to the people, um, less responsive to partisan and special interests. Uh, the first thing that was in the ballot title uh, of of Amendment One of the Clean Missouri Amendment, or the first bullet point, was about the redistricting reforms. And so there was a three-part uh, redistricting reform in the Clean Missouri Amendment that made our process more transparent, more independent, so that it's not just partisan actors uh, drawing the maps. Um, and added criteria to the constitution so that we know that voters have a fair shake and that um, however maps get drawn in the end, that they're not unfair to any party, that they keep communities together and that they protect the voting power of communities of color.
0: So uh, what were the results of of that vote for us? How successful was Clean Missouri?
1: Yeah, the nonpartisan redistricting plan in Clean Missouri passed by an almost two to one margin. It won with Republican, independent, Democratic support across the state. Uh, it even passed in every single one of the state Senate districts across the state. So um, everywhere from St. Louis to uh, Northeast Missouri, where I grew up, to Kansas City to, to the boot Hill, um, every part of the state endorsed uh, the, the reforms that made our state government more responsive to the people.
0: And so, what was the process of drawing districts uh, before Clean Missouri was passed? What were we trying to address?
1: Yeah, so our redistricting process in Missouri over the last couple of cycles has been defined by um, maps that are drawn in a secretive manner. Uh, the outcomes of those are generally politician protection districts, where voters don't really have a functional choice when it comes to who's going to represent them in November, um, and there haven't been any real criteria to protect voters. So it's um, the, the process in 2001, uh, 2011, uh, was you know, partisan actors, uh, commissioners that are vetted and handpicked by the state parties get chosen to draw the maps. Um, our current state senate map was drawn by commission in 2012. Um, sometimes those commissions have not been able to reach consensus and, and then maps get drawn in secret by a judicial panel. But um, no matter what, in either one of those process pieces. There haven't been any criteria to, to protect voters. And so that's um, a huge part of, of why the amendment reforms are, are so important. Um, and I think what's notable in this fight that we're in right now is that the legislature is not proposing that we go back to the system that we had in 2001 or 2011. They are proposing a new redistricting scheme that is not only unlike anything Missouri has ever had, um, but it is at least three big huge ways unlike anything in the country right now. So um, it is often talked about as politicians are trying to repeal what voters did and that is part of it but they're actually trying to they have gotten greedy and they want to then go do something far beyond just going back to the old system.
0: Okay and if I remember correctly from what we were talking about in 2018, one of the things we were looking at was bringing competition back to our, our representative districts in the state of Missouri. Um, Can you talk a little bit about what we were trying to address at the time uh, as far as uh, contested and uncontested districts?
1: Yeah, so um, there are a number of criteria that are now in the Constitution approved by voters, um, and they are ranked in order of of how they need to get followed. The first one of those criteria is protections for voters of communities of color. Um, The second criteria is partisan fairness and then encouraging competition. And so there are um, rules in the Constitution now that say, map drawers, you got to do the best you can to make the overall plan, um, all of the, the entire statewide plan, not individual districts, but the overall plan as fair as possible so that no political party has an unfair advantage. And you need to encourage um, competition where you can uh, so that more voters have uh, a say in who represents them in November elections. Um, under our current maps, the ones that we've had since 2011, 2012, um, almost half of the of the races have only had one major party candidate on the ballot in November, and more than 90% of those races are not even a little bit competitive. Even if they've got someone, like we know who's going to win when filing closes, because they've all been drawn to protect politicians. So that's what we're trying to get away from. Is so that there's there are more swing districts, um, so that when voters say, "Hey, we want a new," way, um, you know, voters can actually control the, the direction of the state.
0: Okay, thank you. And one of the things you just mentioned was one of the criteria or important things about Clean Missouri was to protect minority uh, representation in the state mm-hmm. house. Um, and I know as Clean Missouri approached, there was a little bit of, um, you know, how exactly is that going to happen? So how does Clean Missouri actually work to specifically protect minority representation?
1: Yeah, so the very first criteria that any map has to um, has to follow is to um, protect the voting power of communities of color. So um, in the voter-approved reforms, the Voting Rights Act at a federal level is the floor. And then even if the Voting Rights Act um, is whittled away by the Supreme Court or by Congress, the protections that make sure that um, uh, racial minorities, language minorities are, are protected. Um, and it also, one key piece is that Clean Missouri, um, the voter-approved reforms actually protect both what's often talked about uh, majority-minority districts. Um, those are protected, uh, but it also then creates legal protections, or has we have created legal protections for uh, what are often called opportunity districts. So in parts of the state where um, there's a lot of uh, growing populations and there's a lot of families that are moving together, you can create coalitions so that um, it uh, ensures that uh, voters of color are not unfairly broken up by uh, map drawers in a way that diminishes their political power. Um, and because of those really strong reforms, uh, Missouri is now recognized as a national leader in protections for uh, voters of color. Uh, the Clean Missouri Amendment was endorsed by everyone from the NAACP to Organization for Black Struggle, to Action St. Louis, to MCU, um, Uh, the A. Philip Randolph Institute, so just uh, a a really big group of in-state plus national civil rights organizations saying, you know, this is is a step in the right direction.
0: Okay, great. So let's turn to Amendment 3. First, from a broad perspective, what is Amendment 3?
1: Yeah, so um, it is, at its core, a politician protection plan. Um, And so, The drafters of Amendment 3 have come up with a lot of different ways to rig the maps. Um, They want to rig the rules. um, They change the formula on who counts and how bad you can gerrymander. So we can get into that as they change the criteria for how maps are drawn. They change the process so that it's more partisan than it's ever been. Um, It's secretive. It actually consolidates control over map making with the state political parties, which is the exact opposite way of what we're trying to do. And then if that's not enough, so they rig the rules, they rig the process, then they create new barriers that have never existed to limit Missourians' ability to challenge unfair maps in court. So they actually make it so that uh, as, as hard as possible to even bring a lawsuit, and then they put new restrictions on what judges can do, even if they find that a map is illegal or unconstitutional. They create new rules that say a judge can't even throw out that plan. So it is really... A, an amazing grab bag of, of bad ideas.
0: Okay. And let's also remind folks, why, why is it this year that this is so important? Uh, someone may say, well, can't they try again next year if this doesn't pass?
1: Um, so the politicians have smashed this through, to put this on the ballot in the middle of a pandemic because this is their last chance to rig the maps ahead of 2021 redistricting. Um, redistricting around the country follows the census. So the census is happening now. Um, the counts for that will be wrapped up later this year. They'll get delivered to the president. Um, and then when the, the completion of the, of the census is what triggers the state-based activity to work. So um, after this is defeated in November, the population counts are going to get delivered. And then the process is going to get started next spring uh, for, for drawing new state legislative districts in the state.
0: Okay. Let's dive into this criteria issue. We'll start there because I think this is probably one of the more shocking things that we're, we're seeing. Uh, so what are these new criteria that are coming out uh, that, that is being proposed?
1: Yeah. So there's some of the things that you would expect. So um, they the uh, voter approved protections for communities of color. Um, they create new rules that would allow map drawers to break up neighborhoods and communities. Um, but then there's two things that are actually worse than you can imagine or what you would have thought at the outset of this. One of those is to change who even counts in maps. They have been explicit, the sponsor of Amendment 3 was explicit of what they were trying to do with some confusing language in the proposal. What they want to do is make Missouri the first state in the United States to move away from counting everyone for the purposes of map drawing to only counting eligible voters in the population for map drawing. So what that means is right now there are 6.1 million Missourians. You divide that by um, 163 house districts by 34, you divide it by 34, and then that gives you the ideal population size for each of those districts. What they want to do is say, no, no, we're not going to use 6.1 million Missourians. We're going to use 4.5 million eligible voters, and we're going to draw maps that way. So that means kids don't count on our maps. That means non-citizen immigrants regardless of their legal status, don't count in our maps. Um, so that would have a profound impact on representation for communities because when your community is undercounted, you, don't, you aren't fairly represented and you don't get your fair share of, of um, state representation. Uh, but it would also have a very real in, re- discriminatory impact on communities of color just because on average, black and Latinx Missourians are younger than their, um, the larger white population. So the proposal on the table is to cut out one in five white Missourians from the maps. And then while they cut out one in five white Missourians, then they cut out one in four black Missourians. Um, one in three are almost half of the Latinx Missourians, half of the um, Asian American Missourians. So it's, um, it is discriminatory in its impact and in its intent and it's, uh, extremely problematic one of the things we saw um after the sponsor of amendment three was clear about what they were trying to do so the sponsor said yeah we're trying to draw maps based on the number of eligible voters there was some attempts by other senators to say no no no, we're like forget what he just said like we were trying to just like cut out immigrants for the population well that's not what they're trying to do that's not what the text of their measure says that's not what the sponsor said they're trying to do um they want to cut out kids and immigrants um and so almost all of the impact of this radical change would be felt by families with kids. So in the St. Louis region, for instance, I'm looking at numbers now. So um, in St. Louis, almost 72,000 residents would lose representation. In Wentzville, it's almost, one, it's almost a full third of the population of Wentzville loses representation. It's 12,000 out of 37, 38,000 residents. Um, uh, disproportionate impact in O'Fallon and St. Charles and Florissant, and Ferguson and St. Peter's. And so, like, what we've seen already are mayors from suburban and the big city communities all saying, This is a disaster for us as a community. It's a disaster for our economy if we do something so discriminatory and what it means. Um, and so, like, just we're talking now on July 1st, just last week, um, you know, new comments from mayors around the St. Louis Metro. Region became public as part of the fiscal note process, and so you had um, a, a a diverse, bipartisan, broad group of municipal leaders, academics, and business leaders all saying this thing goes way too far.
0: So this is also going to affect larger communities like, say, St. Charles and and places like that. Um, so it, it's it's those Kansas City, St. Louis communities are going to get get hit pretty hard.
1: Yeah, um, it's like it's If if your community has kids, um, if you've got families, like you're, they they don't count. So my son, I've got two sons. One is eight, one is 10. Uh, My oldest son, Judah, he would not count in these maps, but he will become of age and will get to vote in these maps, but literally would not count if this is fully implemented as the sponsor said they're trying to do.
0: And where does this idea come from?
1: So this idea to draw maps based on the citizen voting age population, instead of the total population, has been a project of some national gerrymandering masterminds for a few years now. There was actually a Supreme Court case about this uh, four years ago. Um, it's bubbled up here and there, um, but it does—it's not enacted anywhere in the United States right now. All fifty states count everyone, count all of their constituents when it's time to draw maps. Uh, Missouri would be the first state to move away from counting everyone. Um, it's just. Um, it's bad. It's unfair. It's discriminatory. It's, it's, um, it's, it's a really bad deal.
0: Okay. And what are some of the other ways that amendment three uh, will do damage to representation for minority communities in the state?
1: So, yeah, so they, um, they are changing the legal standard for protections of communities of color. So right, as I mentioned before, right now, the voting rights act is the floor and there's protections beyond that. Um, essentially what they want to propose is to make the the Voting Rights Act, the ceiling for protection. um, um, So they weaken that legal standard. One thing we haven't gotten to yet in in terms of the fine print is right now, the legal standard in Missouri is you have to do the best you can to make the overall plan fair and not have any bias for one particular party. And what the, the fine print of Amendment 3 does is it says, hey, we're going to take this standard that says do the best you can, and we're going to flip that on its head and say, here's how bad you can make it. And what they would allow, mathematically speaking, in Amendment 3, is the most extreme partisan gerrymander of any state legislative plan in the United States. There have actually been no state house plans as gerrymandered as what Amendment 3 would allow since Mississippi in 1979. It is what the fine print of Amendment 3 allows is more extreme than what um, Democrats have done in Maryland. It's more extreme than what Republicans have done in Wisconsin with their state, state legislative plan. Um, it's really just, um, it's really far out there, um, way, way, way outside of the extreme, uh, outside of the mainstream um, in an extreme way.
0: And I think one of the things that has been pointed out is that Clean Missouri has a nonpartisan solution. What we're being told is that this one is bipartisan, which sounds good, but it's specifically putting parties in charge of the process. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. So right now, um, it's a multi-step process where there is nonpartisan, independent technical expertise, and then commissions review the draft plans created by the nonpartisan state demographer, and those commissions can make changes. Um, But regardless of which plan becomes final, the criteria ensure that everyone as a fair shake and the rules require that all the data that's used at the front end for the first draft map becomes public. So there's a shared data set for everyone on the commissions, everyone in the public, um, somebody who might want to sue on the maps. Everyone's got a shared data set that they can use to say, Hey, somebody was, um, you know, if, if everyone tries to go outside the bounds of what's legal and what's fair, there's data there that they can use. What amendment three would do is it takes out the checks and balances and then it, puts partisan appointees at the front of the line and it actually creates, um, it actually makes the commissions that exist right now bigger and makes them more partisan. It gives the state parties more centralized control over their membership. Um, what's ironic is <laughs> that one of the ways that politicians have lied um, and the, one of the reasons they're getting sued in court right now in the bout language is they claim that they're creating um, independent bipartisan commissions. Well, commissions already exist. Um, they aren't independent. They are literally dependent on the state parties for their membership and dependent on the governor to pick those members. Um, so, um, so yeah, that's a, that's a long-winded answer to say that what is proposed is take out the checks and balances, allow a more partisan, secretive process, and then give the state political parties more control, uh, which is the exact opposite of what all of the uh, reform movement has been pushing on, both in Missouri and nationally.
0: I like what you said. I think this is a good way to put it, is that uh, the, what, we, what we passed in 2018 doesn't eliminate the parties' uh, play in it, but it, it, they're farther down the line in the process. So the data and the scientists comes first, and, and then the parties work on that later on down the line. And what you're saying is that the proposal under Amendment 3 puts the parties in front of the line and gets them uh, allows them to make choices first.
1: And it creates a loop, Then, and they've created a loophole where the plans that get created by the commissions, um, by the partisan commissions, they might have had not had to share all the data that they used for those plans. And so it's both more partisan, and they've, they're adding a loophole or proposing a loophole for keeping the data secret on what's really driving it. Uh, because the whole goal from the process changes to the criteria changes is a plan that's about protecting incumbents where voters can't actually have a functional choice in who represents them
0: okay so that's that's part of that eliminating transparency side of things Mm -hmm. so what about this right to challenge the maps what what what's involved there
1: (laughs) yeah so um the third part so they rig the process they rig the rules and then um they rig the fix or, or what you might do so what happens one of the rights that we have in the constitution now that's really important to make sure that everyone's playing by the rules is citizens can say hey something didn't work right, the map is unfair, someone didn't follow the rules, um, I need to go to court about that. What Amendment 3 proposes is that if you're in an overpacked district, you would have no standings to sue at all. So um, packing, so the two ways that uh, map drawers can gerrymander a map is they can overpack a group of voters and do a small district or a small number of districts so that um, the candidate who wins, wins by an unnatural margin um, or they crack voters by you know, taking a, a, a group of like-minded voters and then they break them up into a lot of individual districts so they don't have any functional power. And so what Amendment 3 says is that if you're in an overpacked district, you would have no standing to sue. Um, so that's part of it. And then they say, judges, even if you find that this map is illegal, under all the rules that we've already rigged, you can't throw out the whole plan. All you can do, judges, even if this plan is illegal, is adjust a couple of individual lines to to remedy like the very specific claims that have happened. You can't throw the whole thing out and start over. Um, and starting over is a thing that happens. Our Senate plan that we have right now in Missouri came about because judges said, hey, the rules aren't followed. Y'all need to go start over. And so that's literally how we have our state Senate plan right now. Um, it's, it's how... Um, uh, reformers of both parties have challenged other uh, gerrymanders around the country. So it's an important protection that we've got. And so um, the politicians behind this proposal want to take that legal right away um, out of the constitution.
0: Okay. And I think the, the final part of, of sort of the, um, uh, the struggle here is the way the bill or the way the uh, amendment is written on the ballot. Talk about how, how bad is it written on the ballot?
1: Yeah. So uh, the backers of this thing know that they can't, win a gerrymandering ca- campaign. Um, they know that it's indefensible to not count everyone. They know that trying to rig the mass so that you have extreme gerrymanders is indefensible. And so what they're trying to do is um, they've added two completely unrelated details um, to try and distract and deceive voters of what's really going on. There, the, the sum total of changes that are not about gerrymandering in Amendment 3 are one, to change gift limits by five dollars and two to change contribution limits for state senate candidates by a hundred dollars that's it um, and voters can see through those smoke screens they know that that's not real reform um, and it gets worse than that in that the ballot language that they've written isn't even an honest summary of those two very minor changes so uh, they're claiming that they are banning gifts they are not banning gifts There are still exemptions in the Constitution has drafted, um, and then they overstate how much actually gets changed in terms of contribution limits. Um, it makes it sound like contribution limits for all legislative candidates get adjusted when they're only changing state senate candidate limit by $100. So uh, it's, a, it's a deceptive uh, policy by design, um, but that's because the folks who are trying to, to rig this whole system know that they can't run on on that gerrymandering plan.
0: And even those numbers are much smaller numbers than were actually changed under Clean Missouri in 2018. I think that's what amazes me, is is that it's such a thin veneer uh, that that they think no one's paying attention.
1: Yeah, so when we were collecting signatures, MCU, um, everyone else around the state, the year that we were collecting signatures, there was more than a million dollars in lobbyist gifts that were reported that year. And so um, what voters put into the Constitution was a cap of $5 on lobbyist gifts. Um, That was designed in such a way that it doesn't create weird situations where if you're at the Lions Club and there's a cup of coffee, like you can drink a cup of coffee or you can get a certificate or something like that so that it it doesn't create new problems. Like the goal was to not create unintended consequences. Um, The goal was to ban the really bad, egregious gifts, um, things worth more than $5. That's what voters approved. And so um, they are trying to just change the limit by $5, um, which is obviously not a substantive change.
0: Okay. And I think the last thing, or one of the last things I want to touch on is um, things are, are, because it's Missouri and politics, things will get a little bit confusing here. We're talking about voting no on amendment three, which would um, change what we voted yes for on 2018. So the clean Missouri campaign is now asking you to vote no after asking you to vote, Yes, in November. So I, I think that's the first thing to say.
1: Yep. No on Amendment 3. That's, that's, that's all we're saying from, from here on out. Um, it is a crazy, crazy year with a lot going on. But I think um, one of the really energizing and exciting things about this campaign is that while stuff may be nasty in D.C. and while we may be super frustrated with that and where we're super frustrated with um, dysfunction at other levels of leadership, this is a tangible, very real way for us to make sure that our state government is responsive to us and that we can be making sure that everyone continues to count and everyone is counted in their government. Um, there are folks in the streets right now demanding that policies reflect their community members, um, that policies recognize the value of everyone, and we are literally going to get to vote on that um, on that question and that concept come November, and to make sure that everyone remains counted and a part of uh, our state government.
0: Okay, great. And how can listeners become more involved or learn more about Amendment 3?
1: Yeah, so check us out at cleanmissouri.org. Um, we're also on all of the socials at Clean Missouri. Um, there will be a lot more coming on in the No on 3 campaign. Uh, there are volunteer opportunities already moving, so check us out, cleanmissouri.org. Um, hit us up on email at, at org, and we'll get you plugged in and get you all the resources you need to, to beat back this gerrymandering plan.
0: Okay, hey, great. I want to thank our guest today, Sean Seneca, uh Nicholson of the Clean Missouri Campaign. To learn more about MCU, go to the Metropolitan Congregations United website at mcustlewis.org. Also be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for news and events. And that's where you find us if you want to participate. There is information about how to get involved with actions that MCU is taking. I'm Kevin Prang, and you have been listening to This Is What Democracy Sounds Like. Tune in again next time, and thank you for listening.